0: You are listening to His Hands, His Feet podcast, and I'm your host, Kenneth Camp. I'm really glad that you're joining me today, and I'm looking forward to you getting to hear today's episode. It's the next installment of the Dad to Dad series, and I sit down with my good friend, John Alger, who's also an adopted dad. He adopted a teenage son through foster care, and you're also going to get to hear about how John's family has been able to embrace and be involved in their adopted son's siblings' lives as well. In fact, John and his wife and their family consider their adopted son's brother, biological brother, to be part of their family too. So whenever they talk about, in fact, he mentions it in the interview, he says that they have four boys. Two are biological sons of John's. One's an adopted son, and the other one is their adopted son's biological brother. Really, really cool story. Before we get to the interview with John Alger, let me tell you about gobelcounseling.com. That is spelled G-O-B-B-E-L, counseling.com. And my friend, Robin Goble who is the founder of Central Texas Attachment and Trauma Center. Robin specializes in adoption, attachment, and trauma therapy. And she has helped many families, foster families and adoptive families, not only here in the Austin, Texas area, but all throughout the country as she travels and also records workshops and webinars that she makes available on her website. I want to encourage you to check out what she has available on globalcounseling.com. and any webinar that you want to purchase and download by listening to His Hands, His Feet podcast if you will enter in the discount code Camp, C-A-M-P, that's my last name, you will get a 20% discount on any webinar that you decide to purchase and download. And here's just a few titles that you will find. Trauma Doesn't Tell Time. Another one is Trauma-Informed Behaviors in the Classroom. And one other that caught my attention is How to Talk About the Hard Truths in Adoption. And there's many others that are available on her website but again that makes her material available to you even if you don't live in the Austin Texas area but also you can find out where she's going to be speaking at workshops or conferences around the country in the upcoming months and you can also invite Robin to come and speak at one of your events so again I want to encourage you to check out gobelcounseling.com g-o-b-b-e-l counseling.com if you want to download purchase and download any webinar Just enter in the discount code CAMP, C-A-M-P, and get a 20% discount off of any and every webinar available. Now let's join that interview with John Alger. John, thank you for taking time to come and and sit here and record this. Of course, um, you and I do this all the time. It's usually... (laughs) <laughs> at a coffee shop somewhere or where we've been going Einstein bagels here lately and I just want to tell you thank you for coming and, and doing my this My yeah my pleasure just to take a moment John and I where we really got to know each other getting close to 10 years it may be 10 years now right. nine for sure 10 years and we were down in the valley and you and I coming back from is that real small team yeah yeah. And, and then you and I were coming the last back. The
1: thing we had, but yeah. probably one of the most memorable trips yeah. we had. And we're,
0: it was probably about a 30-minute drive from the work site back to where we were staying. And I think it was just you and me, and we just really got to talking, you yeah. know, how it is on mission trips anyways. I think God knitted our hearts together. And then it seems like our, our lives kind of took on a parallel there for a bit, little bit. And that's what we're going to get in today is your side of that journey. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, as we're both now adopted dads and we both have adopted sons, through the foster care system. So we're just gonna dive into a little bit of what your family dynamics are. So tell us a little bit about your family uh, before you um, adopted your son.
1: So we got uh, two, two boys, Justin and Jacob, 22 months apart, mm-hmm. uh, age-wise. And me, my wife, and our two kids, and you know, a dog, just a typical family, I guess. And so in seventh grade, in middle school, Jacob is our youngest. Came home from school one day, he was a quarterback on the football team and told us he had a new friend, new guy moved into town, into their school and told us his name and looked forward for us meeting him. Yeah. So kinda of prior to that year though, as we look back this has been foundational probably and Jacob in his way of seeing this probably saw it a lot clearer than I did. But you know, we just, uh, each of the boys had their own room, and, and just, uh, you know, we had a three-bedroom home. and um, But we had an exchange student from Germany who stayed with us for a whole year. Yeah. Just prior to this time period when Jacob had met Andre. Just, it worked out fine. Justin and Jacob shared a room together, and Julian had his own room, the exchange student from Germany. And so it was just a great experience for us, and it wasn't like that we felt crowded or we had to add another room or anything like that. And so I guess the time came, Jacob came home from school one day and just really upset that Leslie asked him why. And he said, well, Andre came to school today and said that they think they're going to be moving him. Hmm. And, um, Hmm. it just broke Jacob's heart. And Leslie tried to just kind of let him talk. and, And Jacob just looked at her one day and said, they're driving home I said, why can't we take him
0: hmm.
1: and that that kind of threw Leslie for a little bit of a loop especially when she's driving right and, uh, and Jacob just held up his hand and just said Mama I'll ask you a question he hmm. said I want you to think about why God gave us Julian for a year before I said I think what that shows us is we don't have to move We don't have to add on Mm -hmm. another room. I'll share my room with him. And so we don't need to make any adjustments and we can still have another person in the house. And so we all gathered and talked about that. Then, you know, it was a, it had to be an all or none decision for us. You know, we wanted the boys to understand that, that it's not my decision, it's not mom's decision. Mm-hmm. Not Jacob's. It's all of us had to be in agreement that this is what we desired to do. Tell,
0: tell me again, how old was Jacob?
1: So Jacob would have only been, uh, I guess, close to twelve years old. So he's middle school. Was yeah, six, middle
0: school, or seventh, seventh grade, seventh. Yeah, seventh grade. And then Jake, and then Justin was.
1: He would have been. Uh, they're, they're just two grades apart, so okay. he's probably maybe a freshman at that time. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then Andre, he was, he was in a foster family he was. at that time. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and that's was. why he had just moved in yep. to the area. Just moved
1: into that school. He transferred from another school. Hmm. Um, and truthfully, I can't remember why. Sure. All um, right, so, so Jacob asked Leslie that question.
0: Right. Y'all had a family right. meeting. Y'all all agreed. So we did. What'd y'all do? What was the next
1: thing? One of the things that I had really... All this kind of was really interesting to me personally because even kind of, even after Julian Mm -hmm. left to go back to Germany, our exchange student, there was just kind of this, I don't, I couldn't explain it then, but I started thinking about, um, not that I was even considering what it would be like to have an adoptive, you know, adopt Hmm. another child or anything, Hmm. but there was just this sense of, because we grew extremely close to him. Yeah. And, and in fact, you know, he was back just recently for Justin, our oldest son's wedding. And so that shows you how that has been 10 years now, Mm -hmm. almost. And that's how connected we became to him. And there was just something, and you know, our mutual friend, Ray Mosley, you know, Mm -hmm. just watching him. Right. All these years and the number of children that they have fostered as well as, I'm not for sure what the number is that they have finally, they actually adopted that just really began to really work mm. inside of me about do i need to do something more we mm. thought about having another exchange student right and we said no and so it's just kind of interesting how this all came mm. through and so after we sat down and talked to the boys we of course talked to you know other families that mm-hmm. we knew and had talked to the mosleys and right. just kind of to get some Input into okay, what's this potentially going to look like? What are some things we need to consider? So it was more of a fact finding kind of, yeah, um, for Leslie and I to then be able to come back to the boys to kind of help them to process through, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's not like you're gonna have somebody coming over spend the night for a long time, (laughs) 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah, we have those kind
0: of conversations too, so Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, and then of course that meant a lot for for me and Leslie to figure out what mm-hmm. do we have to do to. Yeah. And so that's when we learned about the different routes that you can take. You know, is it right. foster only, foster adopt, and mm-hmm. and so we had to figure that out for us too as to sure. what does that look like. So a lot of a lot of information gathering, I guess, is what it would.
0: Because yeah, y'all didn't know what. Andre's situation was did not and so it's like okay Jacob's saying hey why can't we have him be part of our family but you didn't right. know if that was even
1: right. possible at first but we we at that time the only reason we knew that mm-hmm. is because um, Jacob had come home from school one time and he's our processor yeah okay and just this is several I don't know exactly the time frame how long after mm-hmm. he initially told us about his new friend if you will yeah and he just was just curious and asked Leslie what foster care was and she mm-hmm. said, t- explain to him. said, why do you ask? And he said, I no, just wanna know. <laughs> and that was just kind of the end of it. Right. Right? Not knowing that necessarily that now I, I can say personally I did not know that. Now Leslie right. haven't been involved in the school districts for so much as a substitute teacher. Mm-hmm. She may have caught on to that before I did. Yeah. But and then when he told us that, mm-hmm. that Andre was potentially gonna be moved Mm -hmm. Then we understood, you know, and and we probably had found out by then.
0: So y'all had the family meeting, made the decision, yeah, let's go forward with it. You found out that it was a possibility Uh that y'all could.
1: And we had, we had, um, he would come and stay with us since they went to the same school. As a friend. Yeah. 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 And, Mm -hmm. um, we began to, you know, understand the, you know, the dynamics of, you know what, he needed to do in school and mm-hmm. really have a really good working relationship. I guess mm-hmm. she kind of understood, having been teach student teach- or mm-hmm. substitute teaching all these years, kind of the different learning styles, and so mm-hmm. they kind of connected. It sure, seems like God
0: was making a way for all oh, that sure. to happen. Yeah, had
1: oh, yeah. I mean, you can see that yeah. as you look back, mm-hmm. but, but, always, but you know, <laughs> that's what we that's the hard thing we learn, right? Sure, it's always hindsight's always great when we mm-hmm. put it all together, but we never could really see it during the journey but there right. were just so many um, so many things even with the adoptive agency and, and Child Protection services and the people that we had and all, mm-hmm. all those arenas were just really uh, yeah uh, an incredible provision for us.
0: Jump forward a little bit you made a decision on how you would, the process that you would go. Just like anybody that becomes a certified foster parent, you had to go through the training. Right. So that was, what, several months of that, right? Or right. Or a few months. We did. And then you all started the adoption process after We that? did.
1: Yeah. One thing that I really learned to appreciate, just as a side in those meetings we went to, are the families that do this repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, from a yeah. standpoint, especially of those who foster, because they just talked about the the how they can keep Going get attached to these children, and Mm -hmm. then know that there's this potential that they're going to be placed back with their families. But it was really, to me, was a a picture of kind of a mature heart Mm -hmm. that they knew that that was their their calling, right, to provide this refuge, if you will, a safe harbor for these children for. Is it a month? Is it six months? Is it a year or whatever? Knowing that they were willing to take that the pain of Mm -hmm. of having to see them go back. But here they were again. They were going to go do it again and again. And they just said that, you know, we just really find a lot of joy knowing Mm -hmm. that we provided, you know, this and it potentially would help reconcile the family which is the heart of right you know the whole program if you will that's the first or highest goal all this worked that way we did start looking through the process and they were we, we went through Lutheran social services were mm-hmm. the people that we worked with and they were very good to work with because they kind of gave us here here's some paths you right. can take sure you know we think this is the fastest path to what mm-hmm. you want to do and it was a foster to adopt Right. right. And so, following the completion of those classes, mm-hmm. um, he actually was had stayed with us longer and longer periods of time by then. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, his foster family was very... And they, they were aware that right. we were... Pursuing that. Pursuing that. Yeah. And, but they were very good about allowing him to come and stay for... You know, we take him on weekend trips with us wow. sometimes, too, mm-hmm. which... I don't know whether that was the right thing, but <laughs> <laughs> we always brought' them back that's right, <laughs> so uh, everything uh, worked yeah, out yeah, fine, yeah, yeah yeah uh, the next thing we knew was that once you know we completed classes, then it was a
0: mm-hmm.
1: you go through I'm not for sure exactly if it's still a six month window or whatever where they essentially were. Coming and considering us as foster, right. so we would get the visits with mm-hmm. them.
0: Yeah, and that was from CPS. That was right. that. Yeah, cause right. they make the. That's the state making that decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So we were two months into that, mm-hmm. and we were on the. Uh, they had one of our visits, right? You know, to where they visited with everybody separately, and then visited with us as a group, and yeah all the boys went outside to play and I was doing something else and Leslie was walking out with the, uh, Jennifer Burns was our CPS uh, yeah. Yeah. representative and she just casually just mentioned to Leslie that said um, are you uh, are you aware that he wants to take your name hmm. and she goes we haven't even talked about that hmm. and it said I don't have any problem with that but please know that we're not telling right. him he has to do that. And she goes, no, no, that's something that he really mm. wants to do. And she goes, that would be fine with us, but right. just know that that's not something that we've ever talked to him about. Right. And so Leslie, being the pragmatic person that she is and being in the school district, knew that our, our six-month window was going to put us right in the middle of the school year. and To have mm. to do a name change and everything during that school year would have been... Records-wise, kind of a burden. So sure. she just casually just called Jennifer and said, i got a question for you. Can we do that name change before school starts? Hmm. Which seemed like an odd question to ask. and she Which would have been why, before it was all finalized. Yeah, before everything um, would have been finalized. And she said that, explained to her why. Mm-hmm. She goes, Jennifer said, let me look into that. And hmm. we'll just, I don't know, that's a great question. So... Um, because they knew we were, we were going to go through with this, you know, Mm -hmm. and Jennifer called her back and this is what I'm not so, so sure, but, um, she said, look, we've all talked about this, the, all the people that are involved with this. And we believe that, that this, this adoption is one that we feel very comfortable with. So we're going to finalize everything in August. Wow. So that was only two, like our... Oh, third month yeah. of this, so they, they of this shortened window. That window they shortened that window gotcha and so yeah he we finalized his adoption before school started so wow. it all was official so y'all went before the, the judge and all yes this and, so there yeah. again you think about provisions yeah to yeah. me that was another absolutely provision of mm-hmm. okay this is you know the lord's guidance here yeah and Andre, where's
0: he fit in age-wise with your other two boys?
1: It's always funny when people ask us because we include Dante is Andre's younger biological brother. Yeah, and when we tell people we got four boys um, and their ages at any given time, there's. 22 21 21 and almost 21 They go you got twins and, and people start trying to do the math of all that and, and then, we're then they, look showing at, they look at leslie i <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, feel for you yeah. then you see then they see the picture right uh, so now i said i can see the look on their face so kind of like this isn't adding up here cause that's biologically not possible and then we show them a picture, and they go, "Oh, sorry, yeah, got it." So, oh, my so there's basically. Uh, just so let's, about let's take it when they when
0: you adopted Andre. So Justin would have been maybe um, a sophomore in high school by then. Uh huh. So yeah. fourteen ish, fourteen,
1: fifteen. Yeah, and then Andre was thirteen, and then Jacob was twelve, but would catch up to him, and that yeah, you know that next year. So yeah. wow, Jacob and Andre are just. Uh, uh, Andres birthdays in February and Jacob's September. Okay. So you had a 14, 15 year old son, mm-hmm. 12 year
0: old son, and then you adopted one that was almost 13. Right. I mean, yeah.
1: So how was that? It I mean, I think the, as I've kind of, as we've gone through, you know, mm-hmm. and look back through this, um, one of the things as far as what's been, a, I guess, maybe a challenge to me is that obviously I had, Leslie and I were able to raise Justin and Jacob, and mm-hmm. there's always been this sense of a, I wouldn't call it apprehension, or uh, maybe it's a a desire that says, man, I I, I don't know what he's missed out on, yeah. you know, if that makes any sense, that yeah. I feel like that will i got to figure out what you know Mm -hmm. how am i going to build that foundation or how am i going to you know go back and kind of figure out all of those things so there's just this heightened awareness of okay what developmental things would i as a father right have wanted to impart to him and i'm kind of i wrestle with that all the time even even now because there's a Mm -hmm. sense of Um, Do we treat Andre differently Mm -hmm. in terms of how I try to be a parent to him when, you know, the things that I was able to do with Justin Jacob when they were from birth till all these years, you kind of have have been involved in that. So there's always kind of a sense of, I don't know, accelerated fathering. No, that's not such a term as that, but you get this... Mm So that's that's kind of a that's a challenge to me from a standpoint of, of um, okay, because we know how foundational our younger years are. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just look past that. No. You know, and so at this age, how do you impart those same kinds of Mm -hmm. important components into that? Yeah, that's huge.
0: I mean, because my mind when I asked the question, I was just thinking about what was it like to have three teenage boys. You had two teenage boys, which is challenging enough, and then you, you added a third one. So that's where I was thinking. But to, to consider, like you were saying, all those things that the twelve to thirteen years of Andre's life that you just didn't really know. Right. You had a sense. Of probably what he missed out on. Yeah, I could see that being a huge challenge.
1: I think one of the things that helped in that is they all have the same interests. They're all that. They all love sports, and so that that helped a lot in that. That helped their relationships. Yeah, yeah. And I think Andre picked up a lot from Mm -hmm. from them. I mean, one example I guess I could give is that you know from early age. Uh, Justin and Jacob picked up the habit of coming home from school. They put their books down on the table, give them something to eat, something. And they just kind of start doing their homework. That was just a routine for them. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time Andre came home from school, with Jacob, Jacob puts his books on the table, gets them something to eat, and gets gets some, you know something to drink, and sits down. And Andre says, "What are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm working on my homework." Like that was just a natural thing to do. And Andre just kind of. I haven't ever done that <laughs> but he, sure. grew, he grew into that right. without you and that you. was as much the example of, the, of, of Justin and Jacob as it was oh, yeah. Leslie and I didn't have to say no you're going to sit down he just, right. he just kind of followed that, that pattern and I would
0: imagine too because I know he was a part of more than one foster family yes. growing up and so what I've learned about Kids that are in that kind of situation is that they learn to observe how that family does life, and as a matter of survival, a lot of times they try their best to become a part of what that family routine is. And, mm-hmm. and so, in a good way, you know, you had right. to do that. No, that's I could see that being on, on you, knowing you, how you have wrestled with that in that moment when he first came part of your family, and then mm-hmm. as you said, even still today, you still mm-hmm. wrestle with. How do you impart to him things that you know he missed out on?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think for the other thing for him was, you know, I, I, um, and you know him and you know his heart and you know is that I wanted him to to trust us, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know that in that situation and in a lot of those situations, trust is a really big issue. Yeah. Understandably so. Yeah. And I think that I've seen that not to mm-hmm. diverge to get too far ahead or whatever, no, but I've seen a lot of that And mm-hmm. Dante. You know, Dante is not, he, he's been a part of our family per se. So let's ever, talk. Yeah. Let's catch everybody up on Dante. So okay. So yeah. Dante is the, the third of the four siblings in that family. Andre has an older sister. Mm-hmm. whom We still see a lot. Yeah. Then it's Andre. And then Dante is, uh, Roughly a year, I can't do the math that quickly, a mm-hmm. year and a you know, younger than Andre. And then they have even uh, the fourth sibling, Tomia, who's a, probably, um, I think, three years younger than Dante. Okay. And so from the very first get-go, uh, Dante was, um, again, traveled a very difficult path, just as they all have. Mm-hmm. But we knew that Dante was down in Galveston mm-hmm. and, uh, first summer we had Andre we were going there for a family vacation and and they had stayed in touch Mm. the all the siblings had stayed in touch and so Andre knew he was there and Mm -hmm. so we picked him up as his people he was staying with um again it wasn't a an adoptive family it was kind of more of a um yeah so he wasn't
0: in the foster care system Right. Well,
1: not, that's uh, not to our knowledge. Yeah, I'm no, um, not real sure what the situation yeah. We just don't know. There's a big something. Mm-hmm. There's a big gap of information missing from yeah this point in time to right. X point in time that we sure. do not know what transpired. But yeah. we do know that where he was in Galveston was just with family. Uh, you know, we don't even it was staying with friends and things as mm-hmm. well. So we're not for real sure. But we didn't really right. Dig into that, but so bottom line is y'all
0: became connected with right Dante.
1: Yeah, exactly. And from that time on, yeah, you know he he would come and he'd come stay five six weeks of summer with us sometimes, <laughs> you know, and then he'd have to go back and go to school. And right. So, but his path, and and I actually just had dinner with him last week, but his path is so much different than mm. than Andres and. I tried to identify with him to say, Dante. You know, one thing that I understand, I think I understand about you is that you have made it this far. So he's twenty-one now. Mm-hmm. You essentially really have generally made it this far on your own. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to identify and can say that I can see where you might say, well, "I got this far on my own. I don't need yeah anything from here on out. I can continue to do that." Right. I you know, that's not my life story. Right. But I want you to know that I I think I can understand this because along the way, you know, probably people that you thought you can trust would would leave. Yeah. And and I I I think I try to identify with that guardedness. And you know, a few Mm -hmm. years ago Andre, you know, just I have it in my office. He uh He he wrote me a poem for mm-hmm. um for Father's Day, and just said that one of the words in there is that he, he knew he was safe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, those words just um, you know affirmed that he mm-hmm. he you know he he felt. He felt safe, and that was just so so powerful for me to mm-hmm. because that's what we wanted to know that you know that he was safe, and yes, if you will.
0: Yeah, I know over the years, both with Andre and also Dante, what kind of things have you worked at doing to help them feel safe and be able to know that they can trust someone?
1: I think one of the things with, uh, at least with Andre, um, you know, we live probably. 15 minutes from school, mm-hmm. and and I called them our 15-minute rides. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would sometimes take, he, he being in football, his schedule a little bit different than Justin and Jacob being basketball players. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes I would have to drive him early in the morning. He didn't always like to talk early in the morning, but <laughs> when I'd pick him up mm-hmm. after school, and we kinda of have times to process his day and, and just to kinda of, just to let him talk. I just mm-hmm. kinda of, you know, wanted to let him talk. Yeah. And um those to me were some of the most memorable times because you can imagine when they're all together, right. There's kind of a lot of chaos going oh, on. Oh yeah. So <laughs> what we what we tried to be more and this goes with any of our, our mm-hmm. kids, one of the purposed things we tried to do was to say one on one time with him yeah and I think that those times you know you may mm-hmm. think that's only 15 minutes well it was 15 minutes for multiple times right that it was just he mm-hmm. and I yeah and uh, so I think that those were some pretty pivotal kind of time. he's not a real um, he he what I also have found out is that that's really the if you're going to have a serious conversation, mm-hmm. it needs to be about 15 minutes. That's kind of like the limit. Yeah, just yeah. To too many concepts and too many different things; it gets mm-hmm. lost in the translation, so to speak. And right. so that was just something that, that we've learned about each other, is mm-hmm. that, and that came from those so-called our 15 minute rides. Yeah, you know,
0: just you know, being intentional about that, even mm-hmm. though it's a short period of time. And, and it would be easy as a dad to be already thinking about mm-hmm. work or still thinking about work or what right. you got next on your schedule but being intentional about it. Yeah. Maybe one question you can ask him, and, and mm-hmm. it takes him 15 minutes to really think about an answer. But
1: I think the other thing that was important for, for him to understand is that in his school, school is very difficult for him, never for lack of effort. But, but just, to celebrate those yeah. successes that yeah. he had, yeah, the boys, uh, Justin and Jacob, were very good about doing that. You know, about celebrating with, yeah, yeah. And, and and just because you know it, it it was just kind of a sense of, and you you and I know that there's that that God doesn't see us by what kind of grades we make; mm-hmm. He sees us by what kind of heart mm-hmm. we have, and what and we've always tried to. That all of them know that that you know right. it isn't because you make this grade or it not because you score this many points in basketball mm-hmm. or football or whatever it is. You know it's it, yeah. it's your heart and and uh, I think over time he began to see that you know okay we're not gonna mm-hmm. kind of rank you according to how you do in school yeah but we're gonna celebrate you know those achievements that you that you do have and and he I guess he just once he knew he could trust that yeah I believe that's what um even though today though there's still a sense of Leslie gets this more than I do Mm -hmm. Uh, a sense of Andre can sometimes have an awareness of you might be treating Mm -hmm. Justin Jacob a little differently than me when it comes to this situation I can't give you a specific example but that is something that has come up a couple of times so we have to be aware of that in terms Mm -hmm. of um, does that look different to him in other words if we've allowed Justin and Jacob do things this way, and Andre doesn't feel like that it's the same. He's very much aware Mm -hmm. of those kinds. And we've talked through several of those types of things. And with an explanation of, okay, yeah, we can see that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I want you to kind of understand maybe where we might have been coming from also. So there's been some of those situations when we had to say the reason, Mm -hmm why it may look different or why it may look like is because they've had this kind of a foundation that maybe has equipped them to do that not that you can't right we want to um, make sure maybe Mm. we're a little more guarded if that's the right way or maybe a little I don't know pulling on the range a little more a little more involved in in the decision process Yeah.
0: yeah of course I know you will and I know that you and Leslie love Andre as much as y'all, he's y'all's son just as much as Jacob and and, and uh, Justin is. Yeah. And y'all even treat Dante a lot that way. Yeah. But definitely Andre as your adopted son. and But there's a balance between knowing that and, and loving him as your son, but also recognizing, as we've been talking about, how he has missed out on a lot. And not only has he missed out on a lot, but he's experienced a lot of things that your other boys haven't. It's that balance between you don't want to treat him different because he's your son just as much as they are. Right. That's not why. Right. Right. But there are some, I can see where there's some things where you're like, it is a little bit different because of life experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And and helping him understand that that's what's behind it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. As a dad, what have you tried to do? You've, you've mentioned some, you know, like just taking some intentional time, 15-minute rides mm-hmm. and stuff. But what have you tried to do to to be a dad to Andre you
1: know it's kind of one of those things is I hope the way I've lived my life mm-hmm. first and foremost yeah is an example because Andre is very very intuitive mm-hmm. and very much aware of whether you know some people say they can spot ponies before they even come around the block you yeah. know and uh, I think he's he's obviously very, um, I don't know if the right word is streetwise, but he he can see a lot in people's motives maybe. Mm -hmm. And so the awareness of, is my life a reflection of what I say? Mm -hmm. And so there's an an awareness and intentionality of making sure that, that I'm living those things that I profess to believe in. Mm -hmm. And so I would think a lot of it has been by example, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if I, if I think this is important, you know, like I do, my Bible reading is Mm -hmm. in the morning and they know that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I sit at the same table and, and so Mm -hmm. they've known that that's been an intentional part of my life and, Mm -hmm. and it's important to me. I don't, I, I don't, Ask them about that and tell them, hey, you got to do this every day, sure. you need to do this every day, that kind of thing. But um, so I would say most of it has been a lot of, I hope, of, of just living by example. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it is it's, it's just practical sure. things of what I wanted to teach them. You know, like we have a fleet of automobiles <laughs> yes. with this many cars in yeah. our family now, and I kind of just some practical things that. You know, you got to know, right? So there's some of that, and right. then there's the, you know, we've been on mission trips. The one you mm-hmm. you spoke about when we first started this, mm-hmm. you know, this past year was now our 14th year of having done that. But and it's not about a construction, you know, learning construction. It's about the heart of service, mm-hmm. and so those are things that are again. Near to my heart, and wanting them to understand that there's a there's a sense of of um, purpose in what we do, and right. to serve others, and probably one of the most you mentioned earlier about our friendship, you know, Kenny, that's one of the you know I've I've tried to um, you know they they cannot fathom that I have friends of mine that I've known now for over fifty. Fifty-two years. Yeah, they look at it and say, "God, Dad, you're old." <laughs> but you know what? I have tried to get them to understand is the the value of those deep relationships. Yeah, they have each other, mm-hmm. but they also need to have deep, deep fr- friendships with other men, mm-hmm. and not just. Hey, we're playing the same football or basketball team. I'm talking about those right. things where you know you and I have talked about this. We know each other's dirt, mm-hmm. but we love each other even that much more, right? And I really have tried to hope that they would again, though. I think for it's probably easier for Justin and Jacob, sure, to do that. They've never
0: been hurt, right? Or, you know, not like.
1: Exactly, you know, Andre. Or, or, exactly, or a young man. Like that. And that's as 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 I would say, it's maybe a little easier for Andre. I still see that picture. Dante is very guarded. Sure, in that re- in that right. respect. So, understandably, yeah. And that's a huge trust mm-hmm. leap for somebody outside of your family mm-hmm. to say, "All right, I'm going to open up my my soul to him." Right, and you don't know what that, how that's going to be received, right? Um, I guess the last thing that I've tried to teach them, not the last, it's an ongoing. You know, it's never, right. never right. ends. Is that I, you know, I hope that the way that I treat Leslie, hmm. you know, that they, and they know that we have disagreements. We don't hide anything like that, um, no. but I, um, but they also know that we've worked through those mm-hmm. without, uh, in, in a constructive way. Right. And I've been very upfront with them about, look, you know, mom and I are loggerheads about something. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we kind of joke around that, that, and I've sent you that picture before of, I'll tell the boys if I'm in mom's doghouse and I said, I've been in that doghouse a lot of times but I tell them also, boys, let me tell you something else. I learned how to get out of that doghouse and that, my friend, is a life still worth knowing. <laughs> but, it's to, sure. to get, that's real. Yeah. I mean, blessing and I don't, don't, mm. we don't have this June Cleaver and Bored Cleaver kind of a marriage that says that right. everything's great because that's not real life. Right. But we want to let them know that, um, and there again is another key thing. He said, you you need to get those tools. Mm-hmm. And this is really heightened in my awareness now being Justin just got married. Right. So these tools that you need to be able to work through right. um, conflict.
0: We hit on some really nuggets, John. I mean, that's um, you know, the, all of those are just priceless. And a theme that I'm hearing to that is that you've you've allowed Andre to come into your life, your family's life, and be a part of your family, and y'all do life together. And by doing life together, he's learning mm-hmm. you know, how to do life, and that's um, whether it be how to keep your cars running to. You know how to study mm-hmm. to how to have a successful marriage. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just on and on. Uh, those are again nuggets that are really, really priceless. You know, the
1: real puzzling thing for me right now, Kenny, and and, and this is real life. This is today. Yeah, is that you know because we could have all of them at all, you know Andre and Dante at the house with mm-hmm. us and and Andre will. We'll, eat, we'll sit down and eat dinner we always a lot of times sit around the table and talk and that's mm-hmm. not Dante mm-hmm. but that's okay I'm, right. I'm, I'm kind of trying to process you know okay this is this is kind of the way we do life mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. you know we just kind of you know we enjoy just kind of being together and, right. and and I'm not so sure really what's I'm, I'm having a hard time but I can understand the challenge mm-hmm. of that so that's there again is a a um a sense of uh, i feel like i'm missing something here that i don't understand but i've had a hard mm-hmm. time connecting uh at that at that level i, I have no doubt that dante trusts us mm-hmm. implicitly right yet there's still this guard very guarded sense of i'm i'm not willing to right. f- fully open myself up to anybody I think
0: that's an important thing as, as
1: dads,
0: as parents, but as dads, we need to recognize that if we're going to bring a child into our family, into our home, that's coming from a hard place, they are going to be guarded. They are going to have a lack of trust. They are going to struggle in school. Mm-hmm. All those things are common with mm-hmm. with a child that's gone through some very tough things. We have to be willing to... Accept the fact that that's a reality. As mm-hmm. you as you've been describing, it's been mm-hmm. with your boys. We got to work towards. You use the word connecting with them mm-hmm. to, to find ways that we can and allow time to heal some of those things as we work at connecting with them. You know? mm-hmm. And I sure he he probably is drawn to sitting around the table, but he also doesn't know how to deal with it sometimes, right. and so he right.
1: moves away from it. Right, I had that thing I alluded to. That. I had dinner with him last week, um, Dante, and that was probably the best conversation he and I have had in, in, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, and we kind of, we touched on that topic of, I said, you know, I just kind of, you know, you, you'll get ready to say something. No, 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 never mind. And I said, no, no, no. And I said, you say him. that a lot. Yeah. And I said, I, and so for the first time, he and I talked about that last week. I mean, you and I, it's no trope, you and I sit down for two or three hours sometimes. Right. But for Dante, as soon as food's done, I'm gone, you know. <laughs> That's right. So we had us a three-hour dinner last wow. week. You and, and Dante. It, me and Dante. Wow. And it was just one of those times, I had no idea what time it was. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I really, we really kind of engaged in and, and what I really thought he began to kind of let me see a little bit of him, I mean, he mm-hmm. goes... And I asked him specifically, I said, you know, you sometimes get ready to explain something to me. And he goes, no, no, no never mind. I said, no. I said, why Why is that? I said, you... Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, man. He's, he he started to do the same thing. I said, no, really. What? And he says, man, I don't know. And he finally said, you know, I just stumble over my words. And I said, that don't matter. I said, why does that, why does that matter? Mm-hmm. And he goes... And so it really began to you know said, nobody's here recording, nobody's here grading mm-hmm. and I said, the more you start to just kind of talk it it'll start to it'll start to be a little more to you so i I hope perhaps maybe that might be a starting point for him to quit thinking that he it was just a sense of I can't talk like y'all do or something i I really don't know, but there was a he felt like mm-hmm. he he couldn't say things a certain way, that it wouldn't fit in.
0: But what you're doing, John, is you're giving them a voice. And that's what you've done with these boys. You've not only given them a family and a home, and a place where they can learn to trust, but you're giving them a voice too, Mm -hmm. showing them that they do matter, Mm -hmm. that you do notice them, that you do think about them. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. And moms can do that, but especially with boys, man, when a dad does that, it pulls out who they are their identity it's like no one ever cares especially a man no right. you know they didn't have a man around a dad a dad kind of figure around that that did that john like you said just a few minutes ago you and I can sit and talk for 2 3 hours really yeah. <laughs> easily yeah. we really could we could keep talking about all this and some really good stuff here What's one big takeaway for you as John Alger through the last 10 years of this experience? Oh, man. Summarize and, and just like, hey, this has been a... Well... I know that's a big question. I know the
1: when we got Andre, you know, I told him that he's going to teach me more about life mm-hmm. than I was going to teach him. Mm-hmm. And that has so been true. Mm-hmm. You know, he... I think where that really became clear is um, when he and, he and Jacob graduated mm-hmm. high school, Justin had already left to go back to school. Jacob had gone early to go to school. And so it was just Andre and I at home mm-hmm. and uh, for about two weeks. And so we really had a—just he and I had a lot of time together. And we were helping—I still remember this— you know what I mean? It wasn't that long ago, so my memory's not failing me that bad. But <laughs> we were helping a friend of ours move. Mm-hmm. and uh Andre has to eat about five times a day. We'd been helping a friend of ours move out in Liberty Hill. We we're on our way home one night and I realized that, you know, he hadn't eaten and so I said, We need to stop and get something to eat. I need to get you fed. So it was just he and I in this restaurant and just talking to him, I said, Man, you got big changes coming mm-hmm. up here. He goes, Yeah. He goes, Man, Dad, I didn't I I didn't think I'd live C Mm eighteen. And you know Andre. Yeah. And that would have been the furthest thing from my mind. Right. For him to that that would ever a thought would have ever crossed his mind. Mm -hmm. And as I thought about that, I really began to get a deeper and greater understanding of what some of these children must go through because um you know, I think when never knowing from one day to the next, mm-hmm. whether they were going to be uh, in this home, whether they were going to be in a shelter, whether mm-hmm. they were going to be, you know, pulled back out. It's just that uncertainty that when you begin to think about doing that for 18 years, mm-hmm. that seemed like an eternity. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so there he taught me something about Okay, Roger, you ought to be more more and more grateful for the fact of you know what kind of upbringing you did have mm-hmm. right. because those things that we certainly can take for granted, so that was just huge and I think the other thing though that same night we were talking about is this was kind of an interesting deal. His birth mom showed up at his high school graduation, unbeknownst to yeah. any of us we had all four of the. You know, I asked you, Andre, Dante, and Tamir were with us. That was kind of an interesting <laughs> experience, as you might could imagine. But Andre and I were talking about that that night when he and I just had dinner. I said, so, you know, I haven't had a chance to process with you. What was that like? And he goes, you know, it was okay. And he just said, you know, I like, I feel like I need to, to talk to her. And I said, hey, you're, you're free to do that. And you know that. And he goes, yeah. And I said, I'll help you any way you need me to help you. I said, if you want to write her, if you want to see her, whatever, mm-hmm. you're free to do that. And I said, what would you want to just say to him? And his only words, just said, you know, I just want to know it's okay. Mm-hmm. That I have forgiven, that I understand. And I just, you know, I just sit there and kind of go, man. Yeah. You know, and, and I can take these little petty things and hang on to them. Mm-hmm. You know, with any disagreement lesson I have or mm-hmm. if somebody the little bitty things and here he's he's got this thing and he, he said I just you know, so he he has hmm. taught me by far more than what I, you know, will probably teach him. Yeah. It's a great story
0: and it's still going. Yeah. Well I love your family and I appreciate you and our friendship, as I mentioned before, but Thanks for taking the time to just give us a little glimpse of um, you and what your journey has been like as a dad to these guys. Appreciate
1: it. Well, they've all made being a dad fun.
0: (laughs) Just like with the other adoptive dads that I have interviewed for the Dad to Dad series, I really appreciate John's willingness to be vulnerable and authentic as he shares both challenges and joys of being an adoptive dad, and wow, how about those nuggets that he shares about how to be successful at doing this? So if you're an adoptive dad or foster dad, I hope that you picked up on those and will, uh, be willing to and able to apply those. If you are not an adoptive or foster dad, but you know one, maybe you're married to one, would you share this podcast with them? I would greatly appreciate it, and I think it would they would benefit from that. That's the whole reason why I'm doing this dad-to-dad series is to help dads that are out there uh, not feel alone and isolated and be able to hear from other dads that are doing this and doing it well. If you want to get the link to gobelcounseling.com and also as a a special bonus, you can also get the link to a podcast that I've done with Robin Gobel several months ago that's included in the book Uh, foster and adoptive parenting just go to kennethacamp.com slash episode 45 and you'll find those links there along with the show notes for this podcast again share this with those that you know that are foster or adoptive dads and I think they will greatly benefit and appreciate that that you shared it with them thank you for joining me here at His Hands His Feet podcast until next time